Stafford. Going to the end zone, reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr. Stafford buys time. Protection is good, and so is the pass. Henderson came out of the backfield. Jefferson in motion. Henderson, nice cutback. Stafford rolling and throwing. Caught, caught, touchdown. Stafford caught on the run. Caught. Who else? Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of East Coast Rams. I am your co-host, Ashen, with my awesome co-host, Zach Mayer, and we have a special guest back again, Ramzilla. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome. Thank you so much. Go Rams. Yeah, things are going great. Got my fantasy team picked, got to go watch the Bengals uh rams game this past weekend it, it's been a it's been a busy weekend but uh but great to be on and uh getting to chat with you guys yeah uh we're gonna break down that preseason game rams versus Bengals. uh but for a second zach like you mentioned you you said that you were there how was the experience um how was the fan base i know you sat in a season ticket holder section so i'm sure you had some interesting experiences uh, just kind of lay that down for us and the uh, listeners and kind of give us a piece of what it was like going back to uh, a foe that we just played in the super bowl so something a little weird that i haven't seen other teams do yeah it was i mean it was a cool experience it's a preseason game so you know there really wasn't much skin in the game um, you know, I got to go into this kind of relaxed and, uh, you know, and having that Super Bowl ring was, you know, uh, was a was a good was a good thing to have um, just going into it. Uh, get downtown to park. Um, there's a lot of hooting, hollering, calling who day every time, you know, a Rams fan walks by. Uh, I really just wanted to say we day back to them just because, you know, you know, we just beat them in the Super Bowl. It's, you know. Winning a preseason game isn't really anything special, uh, especially since, you know, last season the Rams went 0-3 and, and, you know, went and won the the world championship. So, um, yeah, it was a cool experience. The fans were great. Um, no one was really heckling us or, um, you know, other than the who day, but um, the, ran, the the fans were great. It was uh, – I sat in a complete section. I was completely surrounded by Bengals, uh, season ticket holders or their family uh, who were able to get the tickets. Um uh, you know, I think they they were kind of eyeing us, like, "What what are you doing here?" And it was kind of funny to just to kind of tell them the story of, you know, dad dad's a season ticket holder. I took the preseason tickets, and um, so I'm sure he'll get heckled uh, over the next few weeks during regular preseason or regular season games. Uh, but it was really cool. He he sits in the visitor section, um, so literally the tunnel. I was two seats over from the the tunnel where the uh, the Rams, the visiting team, in this case, the Rams, uh, go in and out. So I got some really good shots and really good views of, uh, of all the players. Yeah, that, that sounds like a lot of fun, man. And, uh, I know I've been to a few games and it's not, if you haven't gone to a game NFL game yet, I would definitely give people like, go out and see it once. I know it's expensive. Um, I've only been able, only ever been able to do three, 
but it's really a great experience and uh, if you can afford it i would definitely recommend trying to give it a shot but uh let's kind of segue this uh conversation into both preseason games uh we went over the first one in our last episode and we'll kind of touch on the Texans game and I think it's going to be a little bit more insightful going to this game honestly uh Ramzilla uh, what's your initial impressions of uh, both games uh touching more on the more recent one I guess uh Texans one I, I don't think there's a lot to talk about there uh seeing that we played mostly their first string team and not a lot of our uh, first stringers played yeah, thank you. Um, definitely a few standouts um, from that game um, that really impressed me. Um, our D-line, the depth there is 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 really impressive. Um, we've done a fantastic job um, of creating that. Uh, Jonah Williams had four, four tackles, one sack fumble, one TFL. Um, he just looked looked. Uh, dominant against their first team O-line. Um, so that was incredibly impressive to me. Um, you know, we, we struggled. Um, we allowed six sacks, um, which, which is concerning. Um, whether you're, you're facing first stringers or not, um, you know, to allow that many, you know, five in the first, first half um, is, is a concern. Um, I won't mention names, but um, we definitely saw them and um, there's room for improvement, without a doubt. Um, as far as the second game, um, you know, versus the Bengals, again, our defensive line just balled out. You had Michael Hoyt with one sack. Um, you had some good edge rush uh, work by Keir Thomas, who had one sack and three TFLs. Um, absolutely impressive. Uh, Love to see our rookie six-rounder, Darian Kendrick from Georgia, just phenomenal closing speed, uh, awareness, and what I love to see is secure tackling, um, textbook tackling. You could definitely, um, you know, use his game film to teach tackling. Um, as far as letdown players uh, in this past game, you know, this may be unpopular, but um, I have to admit, um, Bryce Perkins. Although sometimes efficient, um, he ran and got out of the pocket maybe a little too quickly. Um, he definitely had some opportunities to throw the throw the ball downfield, um, at least from the film that I watched and rewatched. Um, even on the touchdown run, he had Harris coming open in the end zone. If he would have just held on just slightly longer, he had him definitely open. Um, and, you know, kudos to Harris as well, who actually got in the way and, and uh, let him get around that edge. Um, I was surprised um, by the De- Kobe Durant. Um, he didn't play quite as well as I would have hoped. Um, I do know that we played a lot of off-man coverage, uh, which I understand, but his closing speed wasn't ideal. I'm not sure if he was simply trying to just keep things in front of him, which most likely was the game plan. Um, but I absolutely know that he, he can play better. Um, I don't question his ability and his future. Um, but getting him out there with some real live bullets and live action, um, definitely would love to see him, uh, continue to improve. Um, the run game, you know, 
it, obviously you're not game planning all of that, but when you do run a, a zone run scheme, it doesn't matter what the defense, you know, throws against you unless you're running, you know, against nine man boxes or eight man boxes. And we did see some of that, um, but our run game has struggled in the, in the regular season, excuse me, in the preseason. Um, just speaking of, of running backs, um, we didn't have a rush over nine yards. Um, and our average, you know, rush attempt, you know, when you remove Perkins from, you know, that number, I mean, our average attempt was probably like 3.1, um, you know, in that low three range. And I've seen it across the board, um, among some of the NFL teams. Um, but it, it is something that it, um, I want to see improve and, uh, see, um, from our, our first teamers. So, yeah, so those are, those are my thoughts on those two games. Um, I am excited by our defensive line talent. Um, our defense played well. And um, of course, you know, you have to talk about McCutcheon who, who looked impressive in both games. He did incredibly well and I'm looking forward to him making the 53. Yeah, Zach. Um, it's definitely one of those things that when you keep on seeing the body of work this defensive line is putting together, it's very impressive. Um, starting off uh, with these two games, do you think that D-line is just great drafting, or do you think it's the presence of a player of the caliber of Aaron Donald pushing these young guys, uh, not just with technique, but with the way they work out, with how they look at game film and how much effort they put into the game. Like, where do you think that D-line uh, strength is coming from? And uh, what are your other takes on uh, these two games? Yeah, so I think it has to be a mix of both. I mean, you have to have the players who are dedicated to watching that film and studying from the best defensive player in the league for, you know, five to eight years now. I mean... Aaron Donald is a beast. And if you are not taking your direction from him and you're not learning from him, you're not learning, you know, you know, just his presence, him being there, just listening to what he has to say, watching what he does, you know, ha just him being there can make those players better. But if those players aren't willing, they're not, they don't have the same stride. They don't have the same, you know, same stride or same willingness to, to put in that effort like he does, you know, then you're not, you're not going to produce anything. Um, but really, it's, I mean, it's not just Aaron Donald. I mean, having Jalen Ramsey there, having Bobby Wagner there, I think a lot – we have so much star talent on the defensive side, and now we're starting to hit every level um, on the D-line that, you know, you really have someone on, e, on, on every phase to kind of say, all right, how can I be better? How can I be better? Um, you know, when we were missing gaps here and there um, – so I, I'm, I'm, our defense is going to be a top five defense. Uh, I'm really liking the depth that we have. Um, so as, as far as the defensive thing, I think we're really locked up. I, I loved what I saw, you know, in person at the game um, from our defense. They were really the only reason why we were held to, um, you know, the low scoring game that it was. Um, but kind of going on the offensive side a little bit, going back to the first game, uh, the, the Texans game. One of my big things is, again, is that backup quarterback position because, you know, we're all assuming Stafford's fine, you know, but we, you know, all those rumors about, you know, his his elbow issue. Um, so really when they brought in 
uh, they said, all right, Wolford, you're going to play the first half. Perkins, you're going to play the second half. Now, I know Wolford was up against, you know, their their uh, their starters, um, their first team on the on their on the defense for the Texans. But, man, he just he did not look good at all. Um, you know, you go back and you review the stats and uh, he he got I mean, he got hit sacked five times. Now, that's probably the offensive line. And, you know, that's kind of um probably to blame our backup offensive line is you know is kind of struggling a bit and we definitely saw it in this Bengals game too um I'm still a Perkins believer I think he deserves that that QB2 role um you know yes he did not have a good performance but he was the only reason why we we got some points uh during this Bengals game he he's able to move around um and I think if he just had a better offensive line he would have he would have uh you know, shined a lot better, uh, but they really need to work on that. And we really need to work on this rushing uh, on paper. It looks nice that we had 117 yards, but that was 31 attempts. Um, so you, when you only average 3.8, it, it really makes um, things difficult on, on your offense. Yeah. Uh, my big takeaways is really um, you, you got to look at those players fighting for those uh, bubble roster spots because a lot of these people won't make the team right so looking at this like I think a lot of the D-line players um, definitely showed out Um, it's gonna suck because we're gonna have to cut a few of them and I don't think we're gonna get all of them through waivers Uh, hopefully we do Uh, looking at someone like McCutcheons like what is there to say he leads the league and why are in receiving yards throughout the whole preseason. He's been great. I hope we get him on the roster because he's not going to get through waivers. I think that was pretty clear after the first game and let alone through all three games. Um, The backup QB spot is like, I was buying into Perkins but that game was so rough. And it wasn't even like he was going against the starters for the Bengals. Like, they didn't have starters in there, really. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but they really didn't have any starters on the defensive side at all this game. Um, it was mostly second stringers and then third stringers uh, near the end of the match. And that's just not acceptable, even with... Uh, the level of O-line play he was getting because he had throwing time um, some of these passes and they just weren't accurate and that's not what I saw from last game like he had pressure last game but he was getting these short and moderate throws off Um, and you could see some improvement on those long balls but he was struggling with those against the Texans I didn't see a lot of accuracy at all uh, against the Bengals, and that's worrying, uh, because if you if you get into a real NFL game, you gotta be able to in those crucial crunch moment moments when you're getting pressure on you, not make a mistake. And that's all I've seen from Wolford when he's been in big NFL games and moments. He's made mistakes, and we have won a game despite of that. But, like, I haven't seen him do anything in a live NFL game. And I'm worried about Perkins after that match. So, I would be lying if I wasn't sitting here saying I'm worried. 
about the backup QB spot if Stafford goes down. So let's hope he doesn't. Um, moving on past that, running backs, nothing really to say uh, about either game's Nothing going there. A lot of it, I wouldn't say it's on the running backs, but it's hard to tell. Uh, they did have some gaps, but they weren't really getting a lot of yards after contact. Like uh, I believe you both mentioned, just yards per carry were not good in either game, and it hasn't really been for league wide for preseason. Um, so, so real quick though, so just your guys' thoughts. Do we think Funk is going to make it? I mean, I thought that we, I, I felt like he was going to be a safe going before the preseason but after this last game it just seemed like he just caught stonewalled after play after play after play and then the fumbling and what do you guys think do you think he makes it so with the health of both uh, Henderson and Akers being like not great status like they're not sure fire to start 17 games uh, I definitely think we're going to go out and get other back. There's no way they're going to ride with just those two and roll of the dice. Sony Michelle got cut today, so I could potentially see them assigning him if he wants to go come for a vet minimum. Um, there are other running backs in the market right now, uh, potentially tradable. Uh, the Vikings' second running back, he's uh, apparently up for trade. Um I see them more making that type of move versus trying to run with Funk. I just don't think Funk would be dependable enough if both Akers and Henderson went down. And then, like, in week 9 or 10, like, who are you going to rock with? You're going to have to go with some very, very old veteran uh, who potentially doesn't know the offense at all. How about you, Ramsdale? Yeah, so with with respect to Funk, I, I maybe have a different point of view, um, and that is I believe his special team's um, aptitude keeps him on the team. I really do. Um, you know, Joe D. Camillus loves, loves Funk. Um, we've only heard McVeigh praise him. The only way I see him, you know, not on the roster is if we do go out and get you know, somebody who's tried and true and who frankly can play a little special teams for us as well. Um, McVay loves that. Um, he, he, he wasn't super negative, uh, with respect to the fumbles after the game. In fact, with both fumbles, he said that it was just simply guys, um, you know, putting forth some extra effort uh, to get some extra yards. Um, obviously that's, you know, not acceptable most of the time, but, um, you know, he didn't, he definitely didn't crush those guys for, for losing the ball and, and those turnovers. So I, I think, I think with respect to his special teams, um, you know, contributions, I think, I think we ride with those, those four backs and, um, you know, fingers are crossed that, um, you know, we don't need our, our fourth stringer. So you don't think that loading up on wide receiver and DBs uh, with people who can also play special teams uh, wouldn't hurt Funk potentially again on the roster? Um, it just depends. I mean, we're if, if we're only keeping three, you know, linebackers, um, you need a bigger body, um, yeah, which which Funk has. Um, you know, you have wide receivers and cornerbacks that are more gunners. And you need those mid-level guys that can um, definitely 
stay in their lanes and not get pushed out of them, which often is the case with some smaller body guys. All right. Uh, good stuff there, guys. Uh, let's go to the news. Uh, Akers and Henderson, uh, talking about running backs, returned to practice today. Um, I think I can speak for all of us. We hope they are healthy and they play every snap throughout the season. Um, I don't think that's realistic, but guys, your reactions to that news? I'll let you go first, Ramsell. Yeah, you bet. I mean, I think... Uh, similarly, as, as I spoke before, you know, they loves what Kyron Williams offers. Um, he can pass protect. He has experience literally sticking his face in the fan and that's what they call it. Um, taking on linebackers, you know, that are blitzing. Um, you know, Jordan Rodriguez said that he clearly looks like he belongs and um, he played a lot, of course, last week, and she took a lot of notes with respect to him. Um, so I, I still think we're in, in good hands. It's going to be running back by committee. You know, you're going to have a Henderson, you're going to have a dose of Acres, and you're probably going to see a dose of Williams as well. And I think between those three, um, we're able to get the job done. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you're right. It's going to be by committee. McVeigh is going to go through, and he's he's going to he's going to find out how to how to work this running back. Um, you know, he did that when Acres first came in, um, and you know we we saw a lot of potential out of him. You know, it was slow to start, but you know as the weeks progressed, he got better and better and better. Um, you know, and yeah, I think this is a I think it's a good thing for Henderson and a good thing for Acres to get back on the field, be full participants. Uh, we knew they were never going to play any of the preseason games. Um, and just trying to, you know, it's just kind of with uh, Stafford. They're just trying to, you know, ease them in, you know, don't want to overdo it. They don't want to, you know, a Cam Akers situation like last year where, um, you know, he gets injured before the first game. So um, they're just taking their time, keeping it, keeping it cautious with them. And, you know, I'm, I'm hope that, uh, you know, Akers especially can really pull out, um, you know, to, to, to do great things this year. Yep. Uh, now let's talk about former Rams offensive coordinator Ernie Zempsey. Hoping I'm saying that. Zampezi. Uh, Zampezi. Yeah. Uh, he passed away at the age of 86. Um, he kind of came near the latter half of the 80s, and the Rams offense was pretty solid under him. It's before the Rams really collapsed and kind of went down their uh, lull in the 90s or mid 90s. Um, your guys' reaction to that, uh, we all kind of hope his family's doing well, uh, really wrote his name in the Rams history books. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll jump in there. Um, with respect to Ernie Zampezi, absolutely love him. Um, he was an innovator, legendary with his offensive play calling. Um, you look at that 1989 year where we, um, made an incredible run, and if it weren't for the Niners up north, um, I think we're Super Bowl champions that year. You know, his offense was incredible. Um, you know, and this is in a time where we weren't absolutely seeing the ball slung around and, um, you know, offenses didn't have the advantage of, um, you know, some of the rules that are now in place to help offenses. 
But you look at Jim Everett, he threw for 4,300 yards that year, 29 touchdowns. You had Greg Bell with 1,300 yards rushing and 15 touchdowns. Absolutely awesome. You had two receivers with over 1,000 yards, Flipper Anderson with 1,100 and and Henry Ellard uh, with 1,300 yards. So absolutely love him. Um, And in fact, I have to throw this out there. One of one of my former coaches actually played for Ernie Zampezi while he was at San Diego State University. And uh, whether it's a good habit or not, he said that er, you could always tell it was Ernie because he always had several cigarettes in his mouth calling <laughs> plays. And he would go through several several packs and said that the uh, offensive coordinator booth um, was just literally a cloud of smoke. But um, we love Ernie. And um as you mentioned, definitely wish his family peace and and um, and um, and our condolences. Yeah, could could you guys imagine if McVeigh smoked? That guy would chain smoke like five packs a day. <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean it's kind of crazy. To, I mean, yeah, definitely condolences to his family, but you know, kind of taking a little bit from him that you know he was considered the offensive genius of his time. You know, just kind of similar to to McVeigh and you know taking a team um, who you know I just was doing some research on him, but took his offense that was ranked seventeenth in the league to becoming third best in scoring. And then second best the sec- the next year. So, um, you know, he did a lot for this Rams this Rams offense in in those years he was with them. So, um, you know, definitely respect for him. Uh-huh. Yep, definitely a legend. And uh, hopefully they do something this season to kind of honor him and his passing. All right, guys, let's talk about everyone's favorite uh, type of topic, and that's the NFL Top One Hundred and. Um, this has some interesting takes from the NFL players. This is all NFL player driven. And, you know, for the most part, I think they relatively do a better job than most outlets will do because outlets really do stuff for uh, clicks and stuff like that. And generally, um, I feel like the NFL player list is a little bit more retrospective what a player did for that season. Um, that's not always true. Like I, I disagree with some of the rankings on this list, but generally, um, I think it's a solid ri- or solid list and uh, of what these players did last year. Um, coming in at ninety, you have uh, Odell, uh, you have Wagner at twenty nine, Stafford at twenty seven, Ramsey coming in at the top ten at nine. Cup coming in at four after not being ranked at all last year. Uh, and then Aaron Donald at two, losing out to Tom Brady. Um, Ramzilla, uh, what really jumps out to you for these Rams players? Uh, the Rams are the third most team with the most players with five. Um, it would have been six, I believe, if Whitworth didn't retire, but it's five. Uh, still impressive, nevertheless, compared to other teams. Yeah, I mean, look, there's been years where, you know, we had nobody in the top 100. So to have five and then six with Odell, it's it's incredible. And it speaks to, um, you know, the great work that um, um, that Les Need has done and, and his scouting team and and uh, the entire recruiting of, of the of the organization. Um, but you look at it, Ramsey was the top DB ranked, Cup was the top wide receiver ranked, 
And of course, Aaron Donald was the top defense alignment ranked. And, you know, you can argue all you want. Some people are arguing, of course, that Adams should have been, you know, ahead of Cup. And you can argue, of course, that AD is, is uh, you know, the number one player. He's definitely number one in our hearts without any question. Um, you know, that's not even, you know, to be argued, uh, at least in my book. Um, but honestly, guys, it's a freaking, you know, opinion. What matters is who has a ring or not at the end of the day. And so any type of midseason, you know, team rankings or, you know, player rankings, it's all opinion. And of course it gets people talking and it's, it's fun. Um, but frankly, it really doesn't matter. What matters is at the end of the day, who's holding the Lombardi. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I agree exactly with everything you said, you know, this is all opinion based. Um, it, it kind of gives you a little bit more of like their recognition, like they worked hard and they, they got on this list. I mean, like you said, to have five, if you count Adele, you can put them at six, um, is, is, is great for the Rams organization. Um, having three, I mean, uh, the stat was there, there has never been three players from the same team in the top nine. Um, so, I mean, that's just, that's just a good recognition for the Rams organization. It's a re good recognition for these players themselves. Um, so I like it better because this is more uh, player driven. You know, I got to go back and uh, this morning I went through and I was watching a lot of the videos, especially for AD Cup and Ramsey and just what the other players had to say about them. Uh, it's just really cool to hear. I mean, like I said, we could, you could listen to uh, Pat McAfee. You could listen to, you know, whoever you want, um, any news article, things like that, and get their opinion on things. Uh, but sometimes it's really cool to kind of get to hear from the players who go up against them. Uh, you know, with, uh, with Ramsey, you know, listening to um, DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah. Listening to Metcalf, you know, talk highly about them, you know, and, you know, going through all these other things, it's like, you know, it's just good. It's cool to hear other players from other teams, you know, really talk about these players in a, in a high, uh, in high thinking. Yeah. You, you guys are definitely on spot. I mean, it ultimately has, has as much value as you put into it. Um, I mean, I, I think it is a little silly to put Tom Brady at number one. I get it. He's very old. He's doing great for his age. Very, it won't, it will probably never be done again, what he is doing at his age. I understand that. Um, and just from my point of view, if you're going by pure statistics, I think there's no argument, uh, at least in my eyes, that Cooper Cup should be the most valued player. For what he did in his possession, in his position compared to his peers that year was very very impressive and if you're talking about impact on the game I think it's no question last year Aaron Donald had so much impact on if you remove him from our team uh we lose a lot more games if you remove him just from the playoffs we do not even get past the divisional um I think the wild card is a lot closer that is so integral how much he is to our team and how like people don't understand how much other defenses had to purely game plan for him because he is that good. And we will never see a defensive player as good as him probably in our lifetimes. 
And that just, to me, uh, says a lot. It's still neat to see what they say about him. And he still got second for a second year in a row. Uh, nevertheless, it's a great accomplishment. And uh, it's going to be hard to see how he tops it even more. And I think he can. So, guys, uh, we'll go ahead and roll into our uh, kind of predictions for the upcoming season, uh, starting off at week 14. Um, uh, this this ending of the season, guys, it's a rough one. Um, it, so, we ended with week 13. Uh, we'll be picking up at week 14, so Raiders at Rams. Uh, that is a Thursday night football game, uh, so it is coming off of a Sunday night, so only four days in between the two. Uh, guys, what's your initial uh, just reaction to this uh, kind of end of the season? You get Raiders, then you get Packers, you get Broncos, and then you get Chargers, and then at the very end you get the Seahawks. Uh, not as big of a deal, but what do you guys think of that four-game stretch? Go ahead, Ramzilla. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a gauntlet, right? And um, it's it's not going to be it's not going to be a cakewalk by any means. Um, I mean, every one of these teams uh, definitely have have a lot to offer, and um, absolutely are tough. So it's going to be it's going to be a challenge, without a doubt. And um, if we can get through this, um, it's going to put us in in a great position. Um, for the playoffs. Yeah, for me, this, this is, this is the, this is the true test. Um, I could see this be our November of last year um, mm. in this December. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think we were going to, we were going to win on, at Seattle, but then we, four days later, we have to go against um, the Raiders and, you know, a short period of time after that, we have to go up and go to uh, Green Lando. Bay mm. and, that's going to be those two. Those two weeks are going to be a gauntlet. Um, other than and that, Broncos you know, I think Christmas. Broncos at Christmas. I I feel like that's a little bit more doable. Um, even the Chargers. I mean, those are going to be two, you know, quote unquote home games. Um, so I'm I'm I feel a little bit more confident on those um, in the the last three. But I really think the Raiders and the the and the Green Bay are going to be the the big the two big challenges of mm-hmm. that period. So uh, let's go into the Raiders while you're bringing them up. Um, the Raiders ended up uh, ten and seven last year. Very very impressive year considering. Uh, <laughs> Uh, everything that happened with John Gruden and then, uh, losing a premier wide receiver because of that person doing really, really tragic things, making a huge mistake, losing someone, losing their lives because of that mistake, um, you put that all together. That's a lot of drama to go through and I think we all have like gone through a little bit of drama in the workplace I can't imagine going through something like that at the workplace and then having to perform um in front of everyone while dealing with all that in the background and I thought uh Rich Bisaccia did a fantastic job with the team to get him back in playoff contention and even make the playoffs which is wild and nuts. They finished ten and seven. 
Um, they ended up firing John Gruden halfway through. Uh, and then over the offseason, they hired Josh McDaniels. They end up signing Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, uh, even getting Rocky Asin. Uh Draft-wise, uh, nothing huge. They got Zamir White, uh, and they end up losing uh, Yannick Ngakwe uh, and Zay Jones are the really two names that kind of pop out to me. Uh Zach, this is a Raiders team that has been through a lot in the last two years. How do you think they're going to handle this upcoming season uh, with Josh McDaniels, a very big name, but hasn't really proven anything in the NFL as a head coach? Yeah, I mean, you know, once we get to week 14, this is this is all guess. You know, we could we could do a pretty good job of trying to analyze the first few games and once you start getting into the the, you know, the last, you know, quarter of these games, it gets difficult. We don't know how, you know, we don't know what the health of each team is going to look like and things like that. So, we're kind of taking things based on, you know, what we see now and, you know, maybe a little bit of potential of some weaknesses down the road. Um, I think this is going to be I, I I could see this definitely being a shootout. Um, um, you know, we're not going to be dealing like we are next week in cold temperatures. Um, so that's that's a plus. Um, so I definitely think this could be a close game. Uh, but I think it's a game that we, that we have a good potential of losing, um, you know, especially, you know, with them picking up Devontae Adams. I mean, definitely no question that he's, you know, top top five, top three wide receiver in the league. And, um, you know, I. I think he has the potential to to tip the scales a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year uh, they were 18th in offense and 26th in defense. So uh, average offense and a pretty bad defense. Uh, Zilla, uh, how, how do you think this team is going to fare yeah, uh, yeah. this upcoming season? Absolutely. I mean, look, the Raiders, I think, have, have a – decent um decent staff that they've assembled and also um you know a great roster um they're going to be coming off a a total barn burner against the chargers the week before so we're coming off of seattle they're coming off of a division game against the chargers um you look they're big three you have adams renfro waller um, you know, great tight end. Um, we've, we've shown that there have been times we've struggled against tight ends. Um, that may change, um, this, this season. Um, I do have questions about their O-line. Um, you know, you have leather, Leatherwood that's, you know, there's been discussions about them getting rid of him. Um, you know, a high draft pick. Jacobs at running back, there's been questions about him. Um, but on defense, you know, they added Chandler Jones, who's a baller, and you have Max Crosby, who can get pressure on the quarterback as well. Um, but in the end, I really I feel good about this one. I think the Rams match up well for the most part, and uh, I think I think we take it to them. Rams 35, Raiders 21. Uh-huh. Uh, are you sold on Josh McDaniels as a head coach of the Raiders? Because I honestly think they should have gave it to the interim head coach from last year. 
you know, he's, he's done some great things. I know he's learned a lot, you know, at one point he was an offensive coordinator for the Rams. If you remember, obviously he, he was a head coach for the, the Broncos in both cases, he ended up back with new England. Um, I think he's learned a lot. I think he's surrounded himself with some good, good people. Um, he is trying to do things supposedly the, the Patriot way, which can get, you know, some coaches into trouble. I think, I think he'll have a better, um, you know, definitely a better result this time around, um, because of the talent that he has, you know, he has a, he has a good quarterback in car who's, who's absolutely solid. So he's not starting with, you know, Tim Tebow, uh, as his quarterback, you know, for the Raiders. Yeah, I, I definitely think the Raiders have a solid roster, but it, it feels like a team that is still missing a piece or two, uh, especially on the defense. And I think they haven't really done a lot to address the defense. Um, they could be a very similar team to the Chargers of last year, where their offense could possibly be like the eight or nine ninth best offense but their defense really lacks especially in big down situations and they're they will probably lose a a good amount of close games because of that I think they're going to be in almost every game but I don't think they're going to win a lot of those close games so um I definitely have the Rams winning uh 30 the 20 I just don't have a lot of faith in Josh McDaniels um, I hear what you're saying, Zilla, with apparently he said he's grown, that he's trying to implement the Patriot way. I just don't, I haven't seen that work anywhere else outside of Belichick and New England. It just hasn't. Um, so it remains to be seen. Uh, Zach, uh, what's your prediction score wise? Uh, so my prediction, uh, even though, like I said, I think this is a short week. Uh, because this is a short week, I think the Rams are still gonna still gonna edge it out. Um, I think it could be close. Like I said, I, I was torn going both ways, um, just because of how this this month is gonna go. But I do think they're gonna they're gonna edge it out. I'm gonna go say 35-27 Rams. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to what I think will be a uh, a very, very uh, interesting game, a game that uh, brings up a lot of bad memories from 2020 season, uh, losing in the, not wild card, the divisional uh, to the Packers and one-handed golf. Uh, Zilla, this Packers team... Their defense stayed mostly intact, but their offense lost a big playmaker in Devontae Adams. How do you think the Packers uh, react to that? Not really filling that void at all, uh, wide receiver. Do you think they drop at all in quality this year? I, I do. Um, and frankly, I see uh, a couple of other teams in their division taking a step up. You have O'Connell now in, with the Vikings. You even see the Lions. Um, I think, I do think the Packers take a step back. Um, you still have LaFleur, who is, is a fantastic coach. You have Joe Barry, uh, you know, defensive coordinator. But I do see them struggling. Um, and against McVeigh, I mean, McVeigh has not beat LaFleur yet. And so I think this is his opportunity. 
you have the Packers, um, of course, on Monday night. It's a night game. It's December 19th. It's going to be freezing cold. Green Bay is coming off a bye. The Rams, of course, are coming off a mini bye playing on Thursday. So they have a couple of extra days. Um, not sure that will have a major, major impact. It may, though. Um, Joe Barry's defense doesn't scare me, frankly, at this point. I don't think it will scare McVay. Um, I think he's definitely um, going to bring it. Um, my concern is the field condition and, you know, is the field going to be muddy? Is it going to be cold? Is it going to be wet? Are we able to grind the ball, run the ball? Do we have mutters on the team? We really don't. We have a lot, a lot of scat backs and smaller backs where they have some plotters. Um, so that might be a concern. Um, so I, I think we have have an opportunity. I believe I, I really do. I believe McVeigh finds a way to get it done. Rams twenty four, Green Bay twenty three. Oh, what a squeaker! Yeah. Um, you know when you said the mud, I mean that definitely throws some things. Like you said, the weather conditions there can be anything during that time period. And you know, as you mentioned, our you know I'm concerned. We have running backs with bad you know with bad knees and and you know are you know are supposedly you know a list um, running backs. So. And that worries me a little bit if it's a, you know, rainy terrain, 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 but, you know, I think who also has somebody, something to prove is Aaron Donald. I mean, we remember back in 2020, I mean, that was, yes, that was, you know, the one handed golf, but that was also when Aaron Donald, um, you know, he got, he got injured that game. Um, and I think he, he really was not happy about that. And, um, I think he has something to prove. And if there's one person in the entire NFL you do not want to make mad, as we clearly saw last week, it is Aaron Donald. Yeah, so, I, I um, agree I, with you, Zach. Oh, so I guess I should give my permit, my my prediction. Um, so based on that, um, you know, we do have a time to recover. I, I, it's it's going to come down to weather conditions. So again, purely guess, but. Um, I will say the Rams are going to win 21 to 17. Uh, the Packers come off of a bye too, which, uh, I actually think plays into the Rams favor. Um, but I agree with you guys. I think it's a big loss losing Devonte Adams because really they were mostly Devonte Adams driven uh, when their offense was clicking. It was big plays to Adams. It was very much like how Cup um, in certain segments of the season was like the main engine of our offense, the connection between the QB and the number one wide receiver. And I just don't see any of the wide receivers they've got in like Juju. Uh, I, I don't see how they replace him at all. Um I just don't see it clicking the way it did with Devontae Adams. Now, they still have a Hall of Fame QB. They're still going to be dangerous, um, and they definitely will pick off some good teams. But I think they're going to struggle in their division this year. I think the Vikings are going to give them a run for their money. Vikings have had a great roster for four or five years. They just lose a ton of close games, and I don't think it's going to be that same way this upcoming year. So I have the Rams winning 14-13 to 13 in a very, very narrow, uh, close game. 
Now let's move back to California, or sorry, yeah, back to California where the Rams will host the Broncos on Christmas Day. Uh, Zilla, are you looking forward to opening up a nice gift of a W on Christmas morning? <laughs> yes, I am. Absolutely. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to Russell Wilson again from Aaron Donald and our defensive line. Um, look, you know, the Broncos are going to play the Arizona Cardinals the week before. Obviously, we're coming off a, a tough, tough win um, in Lambeau. Um, now, here's what's interesting about this game. Um, they have our former Rams secondary coach, Ijiro Evero, who absolutely is a stud. He's now their defensive coordinator. So he's definitely going to bring his own tricks uh, to that Fangio defense, um, you know, who, who most recently left. Um, they also have our former assistant defensive line coach, Marcus Dixon, to coach up their D-line. They have Nathaniel Hackett, who is coming from the Packers. Um, their run game is has always been incredibly strong. I don't know what it is, man. They just put anybody back there and they get 1,000 yards. Um, they have a great offensive line, of course, Russell Wilson. Judy Sutton, um, you know, as far as wide receivers go. And then on defense, Bradley Chubb and, and Randy Gregory on the edges. So it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be easy. But uh, we're going to grind it out. Um, Rams 20, Broncos 17. Yeah, a lot of people have said this roster was a QB away from really, really competing. Um, Zach, uh, what's your take on Russell Wilson moving to the Broncos and this Broncos defense being third in the NFL last year, but their offense being 23rd, causing them not to make the playoffs? Do you think... They are Russell Wilson away from uh, making a playoff run. I I don't know. I mean, I think what they're trying. I mean, it seems like they're trying to pull a Peyton Manning. Like, let's pull a quarterback that we know can can do something, and you know, it's going to work this time. And you know, it was successful back then with Peyton Manning. I don't know if it's going to be successful with Russell Wilson. Um, he's he's a great quarterback. I just I I don't see that offense growing exponentially, um, and and I could be completely wrong, but against definitely up against the Rams, I I don't see it. Um, I think uh, you know Russell Wilson is still terrified of Aaron Donald, and you know that whole week, you know, just think going to bed on Christmas Eve, and you know you have to think about Aaron Donald coming down your chimney, um, is pretty terrifying if you ask me. Uh, so. Um, we need to make a, make a, a poster card during Christmas about that, uh, put a pin in that. Uh, so, so anyways, you know, I, I think this is going to be a Rams win. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be 24 to 21 Rams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aaron Donner will definitely bring his sack. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm terrible. Uh, yeah. I think this is going to be a really good team. I think they are my pick to win the AFC West. Um, it's going to be a close race between them and the Chargers. Uh, but it's just 
I think Wilson was carrying that Seahawks team for so long, and they just had such a terrible O-line last two years. I, I think this Broncos line, while it's not great, I think it's like average to above average. I think it's good enough that Wilson will see a lot better play this year. And I think they're going to give us a run for money. I have the Rams winning 27-24 to 24 in a very close shootout. Not shootout, but really close game. Good competitive game. And uh, we all can open up presence very happy afterwards uh staying at sofi while being away for reasons uh we are facing the chargers uh last year they were a top five offense having the fifth in the entire nfl while their defense was bottom three very weird year seeing that they got Brandon Staley, which was uh, the hallmark of him was coming off of a number one defensive year with the Rams the year prior, as we all know. Uh, Zilla, what do you make of this Chargers team? Because they did get a lot of good signings. They got Khalil Mack, they got J.C. Jackson, Mike Williams, and even our old friend Everett. Uh, yeah. They didn't really lose anyone, uh, especially. Like, what do you make of this team, and why was it such a weird year from Brendan Staley uh, being a defensive guru guru, and, like, having a terrible defense? Yeah, I mean, look, on paper, these guys are paper champions. Um, I mean, they are loaded on both sides of the ball now, especially picking up Mac. Um, you know, they've got Bosa, of course, Derwin James. So, um, you know, Staley's got his fantastic three um, or terrific three, whatever, um, on defense. Their offense is just awesome. They've really bolstered that offensive line. Um, you know, last year they were similar to the Vikings. Close games, came down to the wire, um, some interesting decisions made, you know, lost them some games. Um, they did have some injuries as well. Uh, which which hindered them, um, but this game's going to be crazy. Um, you know the Chargers, uh, they're they're coming off a game against the Colts at the Colts. Um, frankly, guys, I think this is going to be the equivalent to the Anchorman free for all. I mean, you're going to see, and I don't condone this by anything by any means, but you're going to see guys with horses, nets, tridents, chains, bedposts you know, um, whips, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, there's, there's some competitive juices flowing between McVeigh and Staley. Um, I don't doubt that for a second. Um, and one of the reasons why I believe that may be the case is I noticed something interesting after the preseason game at midfield. You had McVeigh and Staley come out for the midfield handshake and that literally is all it was. It was a quick, the quickest handshake you could ever see in your life. Um, much, much different than the handshake at the middle of the field with Zach Taylor, um, where you had the hug, the embrace, the, this quick discussion. Um, so there might be some competitive uh, elements there. Um, and if you remember, Staley left, left after one year and he tried to take O'Connell with him. And this is the only time that McVeigh has denied that opportunity 
uh, for one of his, um, you know, coaches to, to move on. So anyway, I'm not going to read any more thing more into it. They're both competitive. I definitely know that, um, you know, McVeigh said that Staley was, was quote sick like him with respect to his passion for the game. So, um, it's going to be tough. Um, it is absolutely going to be a, a backyard brawl. Um, and I do think the chargers come out ahead chargers 30 Rams 24. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this matchup, Zach? Uh, the chargers have a great young QB. I would argue top three young QB in the league. Uh, I, he has definitely great attributes to his game in both his first and second year. And I think he's going to be even better this third year. And they have awesome amount of weapons on offense and defense. Um, how do you think they match up against us and how is Charger going to, or how is Staley going to do in this second year? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, Staley's going to be primed to, to be better than he was last year. I mean, like I said, you know, he was a great defense. He's a great defensive mind and, you know, to be ranked 29th of 32 is, you know, I, he's not going to, he's not going to allow that to, to happen again. Um, this is a tough one. You know, I, I can see this go both ways. I could see the chargers definitely coming out and uh, making their stand. Um, you know, I, I, I see our offense also firing on all cylinders. Cause like I said, McVeigh, I don't think McVeigh wants to, to lose to anyone who's under his tree. And um, it's, it's, it's just good. It's going to be, like I said, it's just going to be a weird game. They're both going to be at home. Um, this is uh, new year's day. So it's it's just gonna be a, it's gonna be an odd game, um, you know. I I think they're gonna squeak this one out. Um, I, I'll I'll give this one to the Rams, but it's it's gonna be close. It's gonna be twenty four twenty three. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. Um, it's going to be very – I think it's going to be more of a meaningful game for the Chargers than us, um, especially with the fact that we play the Seahawks next. I just don't think the Chargers can afford to let up any games. Um, and I do think the Chargers end up winning this one 20-17. Uh, to 17. I think it's another close game, but this one we just let it slip by. Um, do you guys have a good nickname for this uh, cross-city rival uh, or for this game? Uh, there's been a few floating around there. You guys have anything on top of your head? Uh, I personally like what they call it in the MLS, and it's called El Trafico in MLS between the two LA teams. Uh, you guys have anything that kind of pops out to you for the name of this game? Mm, not off the top of my head. I got to think about it now. Yeah, nothing, man. <laughs> well, uh, maybe in a future pod, uh, when we preview this game before it happens, we'll we'll cross that. Uh, we'll we'll cover that question again. Um, let's move on to the last game of the year: uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, Rams at Seattle. Um, Last divisional game, um, we've already talked about this foe before. Uh, Zillow, what's your initial 
a reaction from what you think the Seahawks will be because you weren't on our pod when we talked about them or actually you were sorry I was thinking of the Cardinals uh, but in general where do you think the Seattle team will be at the end of the year uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a struggle um, look you don't lose two perennial pro bowlers and future hall of famers and uh, you know just um you know, continue to, to progress. Um, they're going to have some growing pains. You know, we, we've seen their, their quarterback situation, um, and where that's at. And, uh, obviously they do have some talent. Um, DK Metcalf is an absolute stud. Um, you know, he does a fantastic job and always plays, plays us, uh, hard, they do have a good coaching staff, um, so I don't think they're just going to fall over. Um, but it's definitely going to be a struggle. And as far as this game goes, um, the Rams could possibly be playing for something or not playing for something, as we've seen McVay do in the past, where he may not start some of his starters. Um, frankly, if we are playing for something, Rams win – 30 to 17. And if we are not playing for something, Rams win 21 to 17. I'm exactly on your, on your same uh, wavelength. Uh, I mean, this, it all comes down to where we're sitting at the end of this, uh, at the end of this. I mean, if, uh, like you said, if we are, if, you know, we've already locked our spot, then, you know, I, I think we are, you know, we're, we're playing second string Perkins, Wolford, you know, I'm biased. I'm going to say Perkins, but, uh, is going to be out there. Um, if not, then, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to dominate this game. Um, so, uh, like you, I think, I think it can go even higher. I think we're going 35 to 17. Um, and if, if for some reason we're not, I think, um, I think then the Seahawks would take it and uh, by, I would say, probably 17 to 14. Yeah, I don't see us necessarily blowing out the Seahawks, especially given the context of the game. Um, even if it's one of the games we need, as soon as we get like a three-score lead, just like how we did with the Texans and I believe – I can't remember second team, but once we got a comfortable lead, we just put in the second stringers and we kind of just coasted to win. Um, I think we won't even have any first stringers in this game. I don't think it'll matter. I think we will have the first seed locked up by this time. And I think we lose 24 to 17. Uh, to the Seahawks with our backups playing a majority of their starters. So uh, I, I think it'll be kind of a wind-down game for our team heading into a uh, bye for the playoffs. And our first uh, Rams number one seed in a long time. And hopefully we do not follow the Packers mold of uh, choking as the number one seed. So, uh, Zach, Zilla, uh, I have the Rams going 13-4. and four. Can you just say your uh, entire uh, 
season score prediction, and uh, we'll we'll kind of end the pod after that. I did yeah. not tally what mine was. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll jump in there. Um, I I think I think um, I think we're going to be eleven and six. Um, and I know this is unpopular, but I think our floor is ten and seven. Um, and I think our ceiling thirteen four. Um, again, a lot can happen between now and the end of the season, as we've seen, um, you know, just in the past five years with McVay. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that um, he and Les Need are not going to just sit and r- wait around. So if players are available midseason, we're going to pick them up. You know, do we get Odell around November? Um, you know, at this point, he has no. Um, there's no benefit to him signing with anybody. Um, you know, his agent's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's going to wait and see what happens. You know, maybe October timeframe, he ends up signing with somebody maybe a little bit earlier so he can get, you know, in, in, um, you know, into the playbook, et cetera. But, um, yeah, again, my prediction 11 and six. No, I definitely think uh, that window you put, I think it's perfectly fine to say like 11 and 6. Like, it's a tough schedule. It's a very hard schedule. It's not like we're playing last year's schedule or the year before. Uh, We're going against the hardest division in football in the AFC West, and we still have to play the Cardinals and 49ers, two not bad teams at all. Like, we don't have an easy division and we definitely don't have an easy schedule so it's perfectly i think reasonable to look at that schedule and say that's uh prediction what about you zach uh where are you at yeah i you know i'm i'm thinking you know i go back through and i look at my scores and a lot of these games you know i'm i'm hopeful i have a lot more hope in some of these games when we kind of break them down um you know thinking of it as a whole um you know i'm i'm you know, I'm with Ramzilla. I think, you know, I think we could easily win 13 games. Um, I'm probably sitting at the, you know, the 12 and five um, right now. Uh, but, you know, anything, anything can happen at any point of the game. You lose one player and it, and it can alter things. So um, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully we can keep our team healthy for the season and, uh, you know, be able to get back into the playoffs and go run it back. Well, closing things up, is anyone else in the mood for some pizza pizza? Because uh, looks like Little Caesars is now the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. And um, Matthew Stafford, along with Rampage, Rampage isn't getting enough love off of that uh, that um, TV spot. But uh, any any thoughts about these that new commercial with uh, Matt Stafford? Matthew Stafford. Uh, and I think Stafford has a potential to go into Hollywood after his uh, quarterbacking career is over and he retires. Uh, he, he does good in these little commercial spots and he has good comedic timing. And all I will say is pizza, pizza! <laughs> hey, I think it's better than Papa John's. I'm not a Papa John's fan, so I'm definitely glad that they've decided to to move on from them. I think almost all those pizza joints, their pizza tastes like cardboard. <laughs> <laughs>
so I will refrain from this conversation. <laughs> for for sure, but it but did Little Caesars did save me a lot of money during college. It, that is true, and it probably also costed you a lot of time in the bathroom because of it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. Well, I think that's going to wrap this episode up of the East Coast Rams podcast. You can always send questions and feedback to feedback at eastcoastrams.com or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we finished out our predictions. We made it through before um, – kickoff of the NFL regular season, which is just 10 days away from the time that we record this podcast. Um, Let us know about the rest of our predictions and provide your own. Our official Twitter account is at East Coast Rams, but you can also find me at, uh, find me at, at Zach Mayer and Ashton at Rams fan Ashton. And a big shout out to our special guest, Ramzilla. You can follow him at, on Twitter at, at, is it Alistair? E-L-I-T-S-T-E-R. How do you pronounce that? Elitster. Elitster. All right. Anything else you want to do before we sign off? Hey, I will be there in person on September 8th. Absolutely going nuts, going crazy, losing my mind, cheering for our Rams. Go Rams. Let's go Ramley. Ash, anything left for you? No, man, I'm looking forward to the season. It's going to be a great schedule, and no matter what, even if we lose every game, I don't think that will happen, but if it did, you guys can all yell at me now for saying that, but, hey, we're world champs. Uh, a lot of team, a lot of teams and a lot of fan bases would kill to be in our position. So I'm pretty chill this season, Zach, and I'm um, just looking forward to watching some football. Awesome. Yeah. We football's back, baby. And we just, we're just going to take it week by week. Uh, we'll be back every week to wrap up the, uh, the game previous, and then we'll, um, talk about the, the game upcoming. So, uh, big thanks to everyone who comes out and listens and interacts with us, had some great feedback from, uh, stuff that we've done on the Twitter account and, uh, even on our personal pages, uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, recreating Aaron Donald's, you know, uh, two double fisting uh, Bengals helmets. So um, we'll have to talk about that sometime. But, uh, you know, if you take a couple minutes, please review, share this podcast uh, with fellow Rams fans. Uh, We want to spread the love and, you know, spread this content out. Um, And with that, I'm just going to say, whose house? Rams house.